don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. This is a phrase that I use quite often in my practice. And for those who haven't heard it before, I usually get this shocked, quizzical look, especially from my younger clientele who have no idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) And if you haven't heard it before, all it means is to avoid the mistake that many of us make where something good is eliminated or is thrown out or gotten rid of when you are trying to eliminate something that isn't so desirable. And in this episode of Happy Without Medicine, I'm going to talk you through to help you figure out whether you are making this critical error, and if you are, what you can do about it. So enjoy the episode. Welcome to Happy Without Medicine, and I'm your host, Dr. Yuandi, a medical doctor, therapist, and a fierce advocate for your happiness. My mission here is simple, to help professional women just like you create a life you're excited to wake up to. It's time to make the happiness you feel on the inside match the success others see on the outside. Let's get started. So a few weeks ago, I was speaking to one of my brilliant patients, and as soon as we logged on, I knew that she was not happy at all. So as usual, I asked her to update me on what had happened since the last time I saw her, and she went on to say how she had managed to land a job interview for a position that she'd been eyeing for a very long time. This would have meant leaps and bounds for her career, and it's something that she had been working really hard towards for a very long time. But she was very angry. She was really angry because, unfortunately, she hadn't gotten the job. I honestly have never seen her so upset in all our weeks of working together. And she went on to talk about how upset she was, how frustrated she was, how unhappy she was, how she felt that it wasn't fair, and how all of that was affecting her. And so at some point, she went on to call herself useless, right? She went on to call herself useless. And this is a term that she had used several times about herself. And sometimes she would use it several times during the span of one session. And by the way, she is not the only one who does this. The women that I work with week after week, I hear them calling themselves things like useless. Some will use the term loser in describing themselves or even stupid. And it's really hard for me to hear because these are women who have been business owners. They've raised wonderful children. They've defeated the odds by graduating top of their class in competitive programs. They have survived war-torn countries. They've navigated complex interpersonal relationships with emotional intelligence and with grace. They've done so many amazing things. So to hear themselves call themselves losers, stupid, useless, it's really, it's jarring. And usually at that point, I interrupt them right away because it's just not true. For some reason, despite their accomplishments, when they are faced with failure, when they are faced with rejection, Their true feelings about themselves surface in these awful descriptions that I just mentioned. Like I said, I'm really very quick to stop them and to interrupt them and to proceed to gently 
but clearly point out the obvious fallacy in these statements that they're making about themselves. And when it comes to throwing out the baby with the bathwater, that's exactly what all or nothing, black and white, polarized thinking is. It's a faulty thinking pattern, a way of looking at a situation that isn't true, that is distorted some way. All or nothing thinking is also called a cognitive illusion or a cognitive distortion because much like, for example, an optical illusion where objects and lines and shapes are misinterpreted by our minds, cognitive illusions are when situations and circumstances are misinterpreted, again, by our minds. And so we really have to train our brains to be able to recognize the illusion, to challenge it, and to try and see things from a much more realistic perspective. I remember growing up, my dad encouraged me to read a book. And in the book was a picture of a woman. From one perspective, this woman looked elderly. And from another perspective, she looked like a young woman. And if you knew ahead of time that this image is an optical illusion and it actually has two images in it, you could train your brain to look at things from one way and then look at things from another way. So same thing in dealing with cognitive illusions or faulty thinking patterns, we have to train our brains to be able to look at things from a more balanced perspective. And by the way, you might have a faulty thinking pattern in one area of your life, and it might not be present in another area of your life. So for example, you might think one way when it comes to your health and fitness. So if I eat one cookie, then I am an unhealthy failure or loser, which is honestly an awful word, but it always is so shocking when it comes out of women's mouths when I'm having conversations. So You might have one thinking pattern in one area of your life, and maybe you give yourself more grace in other areas of your life, such as your parenting or your relationships. Having said that, though, some people have these cognitive distortions, these faulty thinking patterns in all areas of your life. And we all have faulty thinking patterns to a certain degree. There are many different types, and we all have them to a certain degree, The problem is that when they start to feed into anxiety, depression, anger, frustration, that is when it needs to be addressed. So what is all or nothing thinking? Like I said, all or nothing thinking is just one type of the many faulty thinking patterns or cognitive illusions. And what it does is it causes you to see the world in black and white, in polar opposites or in extremes of either this or that. So just to give an example that you might connect with, if you're someone who's used to getting A's on your exams or you're used to getting all positive feedback and you get a B or one constructive feedback, then you see yourself as a failure because everything isn't perfectly A's or all depends on a feedback form. So you get a B out of 12 subjects, you get one B and you see yourself as a failure. Or maybe you're giving a presentation and there's a slide that has a typo 
and you call yourself a failure because everything isn't all perfect. Or if you get one rejection on a job interview, then you see yourself as a loser, right? Even though you have passed several job interviews or done several things up until that point in your life, all of a sudden you're a loser because in other words, you're saying to yourself, if I don't succeed at everything, or if I don't succeed in all things, then I am a complete failure. If it's not perfect, then I have failed. Or if I can't do it 100% right, then there is no point in doing it at all, which is something that we discussed in last week's episode on perfectionism. So episode 27, definitely check it out if you haven't listened to that already. But can you see the extremes when you are saying everything, all things, complete, perfect, right? 100%, those are extremes. And if it's not completely perfect, then it's the complete opposite. And that is what all or nothing thinking is all about. And my observation is that all or nothing thinking is particularly common in people who have evolved to believe that their success is who they are. So their success at work, their success at school, their success in their career, their success pretty much in everything that they do is who they are. And so if they're not successful by their standards, if they're not getting things perfectly, it literally to them almost feels like an identity crisis. When they get a rejection or when they fail at something, it feels like their identity is falling apart. The world is falling apart. And oftentimes, all the people around them who don't have this cognitive thinking pattern, this cognitive distortion, can't really relate to them. People might be asking them, it's no big deal. You'll get the next one next time. It's not the end of the world. But the thing is, with people who with all or nothing thinking, it does feel like the end of the world. So if this resonates with you, you might have all or nothing thinking pattern. Most times, right, these thinking patterns are so subconscious, they're so ingrained, they have a lot to do with your experiences, with your childhood, your upbringing, the things that you heard growing up, the things that you saw growing up, that they become a part of you, they're so ingrained. In other words, you don't even realize that this is what's going on. But I hope that now that I've given you a few examples, if you're identifying this in yourself, then you realize that this is something that you probably need to look into a little bit more. And because, you know, the thoughts that we have, whether it's about ourselves, about others, about the world in general, our thoughts drive our emotions, right? And so if you're having these thoughts like, I'm a failure, I'm a loser, I'm useless, it's no surprise that you're going to end up feeling angry, sad, anxious, and maybe even depressed because internally you're calling yourself all these nasty names and it just doesn't stop there. Usually we have a train of thought, right? That's why it's called a train of thought because one thought leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. And before you know it, you're in bed, you're crawled up, you're crying because you got a rejection. It's not the rejection in and of itself, but it's how you interpret it and how it's making you feel, how the thoughts, the interpretation are making you feel. So the question now becomes, how do you address all or nothing thinking? 
And the first step, which is where I will always start, is first of all, to identify that it's actually happening. Like I said before, for many of us, this type of thinking pattern is so ingrained that we are not even aware. And so awareness is always the first step. So you need to learn to, like I like to say, capture your thoughts. You need to capture your thoughts. And when you capture your thoughts, you need to learn to interrogate them. You need to learn to investigate them. Much like a detective might capture a suspect and ask them questions, challenge them. So maybe after an email that tells you, unfortunately, we've decided to go with a different candidate and you go into this train of thought of, I'm a loser, I'm never going to amount to anything, my career is over, and you go into that train of thought, capture those thoughts, capture them, catch them, notice them, and then challenge them by asking questions. Is it 100% true that my career is over? Is it 100% true that I'm a loser? Where is the evidence? What are the facts? Is this a fact or is this just my opinion? Is it just hearsay? And you'll come to the conclusion when you challenge your thoughts, when you interrogate your thoughts, that it's actually not a fact that you are a loser. It's not 100% true that you're a loser. A different example. So if you find that you're calling yourself a loser because maybe you're in your 40s and you don't own your home yet. Society tells you that By the time you're 40 years old, you must own your home and you find yourself calling yourself a loser. Ask yourself, again, without judging, is this statement 100% true? Is it 100% true? And if it's not 100% true, maybe it's 95% true. Maybe you believe that, okay, 95%, I'm in my 40s, I don't own my own home, I'm a loser. Okay, let's focus on the 5% that makes the statement questionable. Because what that does is it forces your brain, it forces your mind to think on things that make that statement questionable, that make it not 100% true. So maybe your situation is, okay, I don't own my home yet, but I have managed to save a significant amount of money to date. I've managed to get myself out of my student loan. I've managed to clear my debt and I've managed to actually save a certain amount of money to date. Or I have spent the last few decades investing in my career and my personal development, and I'm working on getting on track when it comes to things like my financial independence and buying my own home. Or maybe, you know what, I took some time off of work to heal from physical and mental illness. I was so burnt out and I was not feeling well at all that I had to leave my job. Or maybe, You took some time off to invest in the early years of your children, your children's development, right? These are some of the things that do not fit into the category of someone who is a loser or stupid or useless. It's just not what people who are useless do. Again, like even saying that word out loud is so bothersome to me. But to be honest, it's something that a lot of us do internally, The truth is that we would never say to somebody else some of the things that we say to ourselves. We're always our own worst critics. So you capture your thoughts, you investigate them, you challenge them, and you force yourself to look at the other side of the equation that makes the statements that you're saying in this all or nothing thinking 
context that you're in that makes those statements questionable. And by the way, this isn't something that you can just do in your head. I mean, capturing thoughts, challenging them, seeing things from a different, more balanced perspective, it takes active participation. So whether that's journaling, whether it's using worksheets, whether it's connecting with a therapist, trying to do it in your head is not going to be effective. You need to be more active about it, at least in the beginning. It's like working out, right? You can't just sit and watch YouTube videos in your head or imagine yourself working out and feel like that's all you're going to do to lose the weight or to get fit. You have to be an active participant, okay? At least in the beginning. And as you gain the skill, it becomes second nature. And then you're able to do quick things like this in your head. But at the very beginning, it's important to pull out that pen, pull out that paper, pull out that worksheet and do the work, all right? So I say all of this to say that all or nothing thinking, throwing out the good work that you're doing and throwing it out with the rejection, the disappointment, it's never, ever a good idea. I hope that going through these examples and going through this explanation has helped you to identify whether you have this thinking pattern or of all or nothing. And I hope that the steps that I have walked you through you will take that on and challenge yourself to address this all or nothing thinking pattern. So the homework that I gave to my client who I described at the very beginning was to, as she was going through the week, identify, pause and identify when she was processing a situation using her all or nothing filter, then to go on to investigate the thoughts and write them down and challenge them the thoughts she was having about herself, the thoughts she was having about the situation, and then to see things from a more balanced perspective, okay? And so if any of what I described sounds a lot like you, I would love to see if I can help you navigate the challenges of thinking patterns like all or nothing thinking. So feel free to connect with my practice at camicounseling.com. So that's K-A-M-Y counseling with two L's.com. I would love to see if working with you is something that will help you on your journey to feeling better one simple step at a time. And so to end this episode with a quote, this is a quote by the late actor Omar Sharif. And he said, the problem with black and white thinking is that you never get to see the rainbow. And I love that so much because there is so much between black and white, and that is the part that makes the journey of life colorful and interesting where we're able to make it something beautiful, okay? So until next time, remember, I am here always, always fiercely advocating for your success and happiness. Talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Yoande, on the Happy Without Medicine podcast this week. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate it if you could give it a review on Apple Podcasts because it helps Happy Without Medicine pop up when other women are searching for ways to find their happiness again. And visit happywithoutmedicine.com to view the complete show notes and other resources mentioned in today's episode. I'll catch you next time.